When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 55, Think, Save, Retire. Hey Chainers, and welcome to another edition of Chain of Wealth. I'm your host, Dennis O'Brien. And I'm Katie Welsh. All right, Katie, so we have a very special guest with us today. It's Steve from Think, Save, Retire. Oh. Yeah, so Steve is quite actually involved in the Rockstar Finance community, And for those of you who don't know, Rockstar Finance is one of the biggest personal finance websites. They have an awesome directory with a whole bunch of, um, what did you say? Like a four, they have forums. Yeah. Yeah. They have a ton of forums, discussion boards. So it's it's a great resource. And and he, he tries to curate, well, he's part of the curating team. He um, does a lot of the backend stuff. So yeah. Busy man. Yes. And the really cool thing, him and his wife live in an Airstream, uh, like travel trailer, and they go all over the country and just explore. Yeah. And it, it's amazing, like uh, how, how more and more people these days are adopting those kind of lifestyles, you know, whether it's being in an RV or an Airstream, like whatever it is, the kind of being able to work and travel, like really appeals to a ton of people. Well, and shortly after we talked to Steve, I was kind of Googling how (laughs) much it would be to buy like a little like travel trailer or a little RV or something. And I kind of pitched it to you if you would want to do it. You did. And, you know, like, I think it's something that you you really have to decide what you want from life. Well, I think it. In theory, it in theory, sounds it's great. Yeah. so great to me. Like you can save a ton of money and everything else. And I don't even know if you would save that much money. Maybe not. But, but you're traveling and you're seeing cool stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, knowing myself. Right. I don't, I don't think it would be for me. I yeah. want it to be for me, but I ultimately, deep down, don't think that I could end up living like that. It, it definitely takes a certain type of personality to be able to live like that. Definitely. And you know, like, if that's your thing, like, I'm jealous. Like, and I think it's so cool. <laughs> I think it's super cool as well. I'm not sure if I'd be able to do it, but I think it's really cool. Yeah. Well, are you ready to talk to him? Yeah. Let's dive right into our interview. Welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom. Hey Chainers and welcome to another edition of Chain of Wealth. Today we have Steve with us. Steve and his wife are early retirees at the age of 35 years old. Steve realized late in his 20s that stuff was not going to bring him happiness and neither was slaving away at his 9 to 5. Now he travels full time in his Airstream named Charlie and enjoys the simple things in life. Steve is the creator of the blog Think Save Retire And there he offers tips, tricks, and advice to help motivate others to drop their commutes and start enjoying life. Welcome, Steve. Steve. Hi, thanks for uh, for having me. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, definitely. So 
Real quick, I was reading Thinks They Retire earlier, and you have quite an interesting backstory. Um, can you tell us about your life before you were a retiree? Yeah, I was I was very tip or at least what I think is typical for somebody who uh, got a degree in information technology and just lives in the first world with all of his or her needs provided. Uh, so I graduated from college in 2005, immediately uh, blew through half of my first year salary to buy a Corvette convertible. Um, that was an awesome car, by the way, but a total, <laughs> total money, pit, total money pit. <laughs> and really, that was like that the setup for the next, I don't know, eight to 10 years or so. I wasn't horrible. I mean, I never, I never ran credit card debt month to month. In fact, I've never had any credit card debt whatsoever. I just spent up to my max without going over every single month. So I wasn't getting into debt necessarily aside from the car. I took out a car loan to buy that, that Corvette. So aside from that, I wasn't going into debt, but I also wasn't saving very much either. I think I saved like 4%, which was my company match 401k, but that's it. I spent everything else. I'm sure you justified so, that the car was an asset, right? <laughs> um, I don't even know if I if I lied to myself that way. I just wanted it. I just wanted it. And this was this was right after college. So, you know, you you you've spent your entire life, at least for me up until that point, really not being able to buy everything I wanted. And now I finally got this full time job in IT making good money. I want to enjoy it. So, yeah, I did. Um, like the first week out of out of college, got that car. <laughs> wow. The first week you didn't waste any time. No, no, I've all, I, I've, I've always been a, a sports car kind of guy. And, um, that was, I mean, one, there, there was a car in the area that was for sale and it was like a perfect opportunity, good price. So I just could not pass it up. I wish I did, but, um, but I didn't. <laughs> so out of curiosity, what do you drive now then? Well, right now we live full time in, in the Airstream, like you said earlier. So we pull the Airstream with our GMC Sierra 2500 HD. So it's a three quarter ton truck. Um, so that's our only traditional vehicle. Right now we are stationary in Tucson, Arizona, and I'm riding my old motorcycle that, that I used to ride before. Um, so right now I am on the bike, but once we start traveling again, at the end of April, the bike is going away and we will only have uh, the, the pickup truck for us. Oh, cool. I guess the Airstream would not go well with the Corvette then. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> and yeah, and the older that car got, because I didn't I didn't I didn't leave it alone. I had to like I had the supercharger. I had the exhaust system. I had the clutch. I had, you know, whatever. And it all just started to break and it became a deeper, deeper money pit for me. So I was not sad to see the car go when I sold it. Um, but right now it's, it, it's just a lot easier to have a tow vehicle, which is our truck and then the Airstream. And then that's it. It's nice and simple. When Katie met me, um, it was down in Tampa and, um, in essence, I was a contractor there. So literally everything was paid for, including I got quite a healthy car allowance. So I was renting like these convertible Mustangs and convertible Camaros. And I don't know what she thought when she saw me, I wasn't paying rent, you know, <laughs> and, and somehow I still managed to live it up as well. And, you know, like 
eating from Whole Foods all the time. And <laughs> it, it was actually wow. really annoying because he was <laughs> living like in the middle of the city for free in this great apartment driving these. He would actually brag. He was like, oh, I'm driving this brand new Mustang convertible and I'm actually making $20 an hour <laughs> or, or a day. And he had all this money and I was like, how does this even happen? You're not even a citizen. You can't even vote for anything. <laughs> and you're living better than I am. Like, I live out in like, the country with my Honda. And you, yes. You were dating a trust fund baby. That, <laughs> How well, lucky. That's well, what she thought. That's what I thought. And when he was like, oh, I'm from South Africa. And then he invited me to like go to South Africa with him. In the back of my head, I was like, I wonder if he's actually like royalty and he's just really humble. <laughs> And then you got there and you discovered the truth and it's like, oh, okay. Well, like, that's cool then. He's an ordinary yeah, like, human being. Oh, you're Yeah, just, yeah, exactly. You're just one of us. Yeah. You are one of us. <laughs> so let's talk about some of the steps for early retirement. So for people who are interested, early retirement is considered what age and what sort of steps do you need to get there? Well, to me, early retirement is any time before, I don't know, say 60 or so. I, I called it quits at 35, which is just, I don't know, insanely early, I guess. But what happened is I met my wife uh, about five years ago and uh, the we had a decision to make because now she worked in IT. I worked in IT. We both made good salaries. Now when we get married, we're going to combine those salaries and we're going to have a lot of money to do something with. So my first thought, because I was, I was a traditional spender. My, my first thought was, well, we can have, you know, the cars, we could have the big house, we can go out for nice dinners, those kinds of things. That, that was the first thing that I thought of. Um, but I never really got a lot of enjoyment out of my job. My dad retired at 49. So all, so a little, these things were just started percolating in my head. Finally, I am a very slow learner. Um, so (laughs) so sometimes it takes a while for me to put these, put these pieces together, but I think it was the combined salaries finally made me realize, well, we're going to have so much money. Why don't we do something smart with this and save it, save as much as we can. And we saved 70%, that's seven zero percent of both of our uh, salaries combined. And that added up really, really fast. So I was, I was out the door at 35 and actually my, my wife's work convinced her to take a sabbatical instead of just outright quit. (laughs) So she is just finishing up the end of her sabbatical now and then she is also going to officially quit at 33 and then we we are going to hit the road good for her well and you but (laughs) (laughs) thank you (laughs) so what is the difference between financially independent and retiring earlier early i keep hearing these um phrases like go back and forth and they almost seem interchangeable yeah a lot a lot of the blogosphere and I guess myself included, especially early on in my in my my blogging experience, we tend to use those terms interchangeably or at least use them together. Um, but they are very, very different. Early retirement is simply quitting. You you are done. You are quit. You you are not working a full time job again, regardless of how old you are, whether you're 35 or 45 or 55. If you if you retire, then you are early retired. However, 
financial independence simply means that you do not have to work anymore, even though you might. So to be early retired, you need to be financially independent. However, the reverse is not true. If you are financially independent, there's nothing to say that you have to retire early. So one of the things that I like to stress on my blog is even though I am an early retiree, that does not mean you have to be. If you love your job and you can't see yourself doing anything else, that is absolutely perfectly fine. But I think that there's still a lot of wisdom in in um, pursuing the financially independent part of that so you have choices later in life. I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to what makes you happy, really. <laughs> it, it, exactly. Yeah. And, and if work does make you happy and if it does for some people, that's wonderful. It just that just wasn't the case for me. So as I was reading your blog and and thinking about my friends and some family members and everything, I have a lot of friends who have credit card debt and student loan. And what advice do you have for someone who wants to make a change and retire early, but they do have that kind of debt? Get out of credit card debt, period. Now, I know that's a very simple statement. There's there's a lot more to it than that. But ultimately, the less debt you have, the easier it's going to be by far to retire. My, my wife and I have zero debts, not even a mortgage. We, we sold both of our homes. We bought the Airstream outright in cash. So we have absolutely zero debts. And that is really what's making our early retirement at this age possible. So if anybody has the, has the dream of retiring early, minimizing your debts um, as much as you possibly can. I understand some people are going to have a mortgage that that's perfectly fine. That's very natural and, and a, and a traditional debt to have. That's cool. But all other like discretionary debts. So I'm talking about credit card debt. I'm talking about car loans, those kinds of things. Um, those are the kind of debts that you really want to control. And I like to tell people to just focus on one. So if you are, say, $20,000 in credit card debt and you want to retire early, that's a huge leap, a huge jump. And sometimes that's hard to look at because there's so many pieces that have to fall into place. So don't get overwhelmed. This is a process. It's a process for everybody. So just focus on one thing first. If you have five credit cards, pay off one first, then pay off the next and and the next. So break these things down, break these goals down into smaller chunks that's easier to manage and you will get there step by step. So I'm sure that in your experience after selling the homes and, you know, starting to pursue more of an RV type lifestyle, you've made some mistakes. So what, what would you say some of the, the funniest or strangest mistakes that you've made? Oh, uh, well, yeah, I don't think my mistakes are necessarily funny as much as they are <laughs> sad. <laughs> but uh, may maybe looking back now, they could be funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And OK, so right out of college, I bought the car. That was a, I mean, that was a mistake. Um, but buying my home when I did was a huge disaster. And I had the idea of building equity. 
you know, that that's that's the term that people hear. And I was still young at the time. I knew that I wanted to do that. And buying a home was one way to do that. So I bought my home in February of 2007. And if you look at the home prices before they collapsed, February of 2007, that month was the high point. Yeah, I was thinking back. I feel like that was not a great time. That was completely horrendously awful. (laughs) And I lost, I lost probably about a hundred thousand dollars on the house I bought. Uh, yeah. So that wasn't fun from the moment I bought it, just like driving a car off the lot, but homes can appreciate unlike cars generally. But the minute I bought that home, it, it was never worth what I paid for it. And up until the time where I sold it, it was still not worth w- what I paid for it. Like not even close. So I couldn't necessarily predict this obviously, but that was a, that was a huge mistake. <laughs> and I guess I could laugh about it now, even though <laughs> I, I would be a hundred grand, uh, richer now, or in fact, more than that, if, 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 if I invested yeah. that extra money in the stock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I would be at least 120, 130, 140 grand richer right now if that didn't happen. But well, I don't know. Well, Mistakes not, were made. <laughs> yeah, let's not think about that then. Um, so with all your traveling, what is your favorite state that you visited? It's a state that you probably wouldn't think about, and it's Idaho. I was no, Idaho say is Idaho. Do people really? actually go there? Uh, actually, they do, but they're generally in Boise. Okay. <laughs> or or Lane, Idaho, which is north. But a lot of people think of Montana or some or, or or state like that in that particular area of the country because that's what you hear so much about. There's Glacier National Park there, but we enjoyed Idaho a lot better. They have, they had really nice campgrounds that were inexpensive. We loved visiting Coeur d'Alene. It's a beautiful city with the lake there. And, um, you can stand there, watch, watch the planes, watch water planes take off and land over a uh, Lake Coeur d'Alene. Uh, so that was, that was really, really cool. Um, and I think we smiled the most when we were in Idaho, there was just something, there was something special about it, I guess. Um, and I guess I can't really put my finger on it, but that was just the state that we felt most comfortable in. Oh, awesome. Uh, well, what about any other countries? Are you thinking about going up to Canada or Mexico at all anytime soon? We've been to Mexico a few times. Um, in fact, we tend to go there on vacations, um, but we've never been there with the Airstream and we don't really have, um, plans to go to Mexico with the Airstream. Canada, we would love to see Canada. It is absolutely beautiful. We would love to do it like an east-west trip uh, across the entire country of Canada, well, at least the, the the southern part of Canada during the summer, of course. Of course. Um, but again, that's really not in the plans either. That's just one of those things that you know we have on our horizon. We would love to do that. We're just not exactly sure when that's going to happen yet. Um, but overseas travel like Thailand or Costa Rica or Panama, those countries, obviously, w- without the Airstream, um, those are some countries with a low cost of living that we would love, love, love to visit. Awesome. So let's chat a little bit about your involvement in Rockstar Finance. Rockstar Finance, for those of us who don't know, is a community that the personal finance bloggers all love. If you haven't checked it out, you probably should because there's loads of great content there. But you recently posted that you almost bought Rockstar Finance. Tell us a little bit about that. 
Yes. Now, Rockstar Finance was created originally by a guy, the one and only Jay Money. And if you're in the personal finance blogosphere, you probably know that name. And he built this curation website up so he would pick and choose the best of personal finance articles. Um, so he, he built this thing up from scratch, got really involved in the community. Now the website gets hundreds of thousands of hits, but it was also taking over his life. <laughs> so he wanted to he wanted to let that part go. And I was one of the ones who put in a bid to buy the website because I was already working on it with him. There's like a directory component of all these different personal finance blogs. I originally built that from from scratch for Jay. Um, so I was already kind of involved with it. I, I have a lot of um, experience with the Rockstar system. So it just made sense. And we in the end, we offered about 10%, a little bit less of 10% of our net worth to buy Rockstar because I felt that strongly about carrying on the tradition of Rockstar Finance. It's not easy. It's really not easy. But I think it was important enough to offer that. Ultimately, it did not go to me. Uh, there, there was another bidder, and you know, in the end, I'm kind of glad it worked out that way because, like I said, it's it's a lot. It's a lot of work, and it went to somebody who's very involved and experienced in in the community and has a higher net worth than me, quite frankly. So, um, <laughs> so if it didn't, so if it doesn't work out, it would mean a lot more to me financially than it would to him financially. So I think it worked out great. But this also gave me the opportunity to get a little bit more involved in Rockstar. So now I'm no longer just doing the directory part. I'm basically managing the entire operational system, um, which is which is kind of cool. It keeps me it keeps me very busy and, of course, pretty integrated in the personal finance community. I bet that does keep you busy because even looking through the forum and reading everything, I feel like I just get sucked in and like an hour and a half goes by and I haven't <laughs> even like touched yeah. the surface. Oh yeah, oh yeah, totally. There's and and that that's the beauty, especially of the forums where everybody gets together and talks about whatever happens to be on their mind. There's a lot of there's a lot of intelligence in that forum. Um and I guess the deeper you dig, the the more you get at it. But yeah, I totally agree. It can it can really suck you in. <laughs> so, what is your <laughs> advice for a new personal finance blogger? Somebody who's just getting into this, I would say you got to love to blog. You can't just love money. A lot of personal finance bloggers start their blogs with the intent of, you know, making making some money off of this as maybe like a side hustle or passive income stream. Um, But the problem with that is everybody loves money. There's nothing very unique or different or or really you know traditional about that. Everybody loves money. You can't just do that. So you so the more you love to blog, this you know the more that will show in your work. Every blog post you write, it it it's going to come across strongly that you love to blog and you and you love doing what you do. And then the money comes money comes after it. Money is a second. You really have to have that love in place. Do what you love. The money will come after that. So my biggest piece of advice is. When you start a blog, whether personal finance or otherwise, 
focus on the blog first, getting this blog the best you possibly can. And then, you know, if, 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 if the pieces fall in line correctly, then you might look at monetizing it a little bit, which I have, um, in the, in the recent past. Uh, but don't do that right off the bat or you'll probably get pretty frustrated. Chainers, we're just going to take a quick break and then we'll dive right back into the value link round. Chainers, if you're looking for a way to monetize your home, Katie's put together a fantastic course that goes through everything you need to know to change your place and make a guest ready. You can start making tons of money by monetizing your home. So whether you have a spare bedroom or another investment property, you're able to stop monetizing it. And Katie really teaches you everything in her course. If you'd like to check out the course, head over to hostingyourpad.com and definitely decide if that's for you. All right, Steve. So why do you think people struggle to achieve their dream? I think most people struggle to achieve their dreams because they don't want them bad enough. Dreams are easy to think about and that that's great that you're thinking about them, but actions speak louder than just words or louder than thoughts or louder than, than dreams. So having the dream is great, but that's only the start. The next step is putting the pieces into place to actually achieve those dreams. And then, you know, those pieces might include some sacrifice here, here and there. That happens. There certainly was some sacrifice for, for, for my wife and I, uh, but our dream was early retirement and we wanted it bad enough and, and we ultimately achieved it that makes so much sense uh do you have any other books or podcasts you could recommend for our listeners um one of one of my favorite podcasts uh, other than yours of course is the mad scientist podcast he is he is a, he is really good at what he does and it's very well listened to um so that that is definitely a podcast i would not hesitate uh to recommend also choose fi is another good choice for podcasts um and if you're into rving at all um the rv entrepreneur is a podcast uh hosted by heath paget um completely completely different subject so he doesn't really talk about personal finance all that much even though my my wife and I did do an, an interview with him and personal finance is all we talked about but usually <laughs> <laughs> but usually the podcasts don't revolve around personal finance it's making money from the road and to me that's a really really interesting thing uh to listen to and regarding books i only have two that I've read your money or your life and uh, the millionaire next door. A lot of people point to your money and your life as their favorite. It's good, but I actually prefer the millionaire next door because it's very practical. And I don't know. I just kind of connected with that book a little bit more. Okay. Awesome. So do you have a favorite quote? Yes. Um, uh, yeah, I had to think about that some because I mean, there's so many out there, but this quote actually comes from my dad. And he said it right after I graduated college. And of course, I promptly ignored it. <laughs> but he said, some people are on the 10 year plan. And what he meant by that is some people were uh, graduate from college, save everything they can over the next 10 years of their life and then retire early. That's it. Then they live the rest of their life, you know, free and clear without a lot of, of money worries. Um, like I said, I didn't take that advice. I wish I did, but I didn't at the time, 
But that that is so just simple and easy to understand, concise and to the point. Some people are on the 10 year plan. That is to, to me, that's that's one of the few quotes that I will probably remember for the rest of my life. Steve, we've absolutely loved hanging out today. Do you have any other last parting piece of advice for our listeners? And then we'll say goodbye. I guess my only last bit of advice is early retirement is it, it's not just the end of your working career. It's really the start of the second part of your life, your new phase of your life where you get up every morning and you just have the whole day to, to pick and choose exactly what you want to do. You might you might work for some money. If you're a carpenter, you might build a you might build a mantle or a house. You might volunteer with Habitat for Humanity. There's there's so many opportunities once you retire early that your brain never admitted um, existed because you had the full time job. You weren't looking for other work, so you just kind of ignored those. But there's a lot out there, just a ton of opportunities to get involved out there after you retire early. So if you want it bad enough, put your mind to it, make it work, and then gracefully you'll know, slide into this other world where money is no longer a, a big concern and you really get to refocus on what makes you happy. Shane, as we've been hanging out with Steve, you can check out his blog at Think Safe Retire and figure out what you want from your life. And if early retirement is something that you want to do, put in the steps today and the processes so that you can get there when you're ready. Chainers, we've absolutely loved hanging out with you today. If you'd like to continue the conversation, hit us up on Twitter. Our handle is at Chain of Wealth. You'll be able to chat with us and let us know what you think of the show. We'd definitely love to hear. And if you have any suggestions or recommendations or anyone that you'd like to see on the show, definitely hit us up. Catch you on the flip side. <laughs>